Okay. Blog Talk Radio. This is all about wine on Blog Talk Radio, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Share your question or comments using the live chat feature on our website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Again, that's www.allaboutwinebtr.com. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. I'm glad whoever whoever that voice was said to contact us on the website because I didn't even have the uh, application loaded. So now oh. it is. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. Like, uh, right. Yeah, whoever whoever that mystery mystery voice uh, deep voice was. So thank you very much I for know. reminding me. He, I was good. Pretty, he does a good job though. He really does. Let's you know, <laughs> see. We'd like a yeah. we'd like a voice to, for a voiceover person. This voice came in says I would be more than happy do that for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mystery deep voice. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, July, July uh, I can't even read my clock anymore. Uh, 11th. That's right. Just after 11. 7 o'clock. 7 July 11. 11th. Yeah. Yeah. Hope everybody had a safe uh, July 4th. Oh, yeah. Today. Yeah. I know what today is. Yeah. What Go is ahead. Today uh, it's is the uh, 11th day. Mm-hmm. And they are um, giving away free Slurpees. Yeah. Until eleven o'clock tonight. So. Oh, I didn't know it was till eleven. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if there's a Seven yeah. Eleven near here anymore. Uh, there's now it's Wawa's and racetrack and. Hmm. I know. I know. Uh, you know everything else. Hmm. Seven Eleven. But yeah, Seven Eleven. It's uh, on Seven Eleven. Give away free Slurpees from seven to eleven. Hmm. Interesting. What would go good with what wine would go good with a particular <laughs> with a Slurpee? Oh my gosh! Just kind of depends on your like flavor, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the flavors that they have, I oh geez, I want a wine that's so yeah, bold and strong so cover up the flavor of the Slurpee. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you'd. Some of them you'd want to, but uh, uh, seven eleven today. So that's good. And rains, and you know we got ourselves tropical storm. What is it? Berry. 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 Yeah. Uh, berry. I was going to say Bert, but it's Berry. Bert's a mm-hmm. mother. Uh, berry. <clears throat> Berry's going through, uh, and up in the coast we have had rain. For those of you who are not down here in Florida, listen to it on archives. We've had rain from this tropical storm for the last week and a half. It's just, it, it's a low pressure system that's set up in Georgia and just kept pumping rain on us. And we're sort of mm-hmm. happy it's leaving us. Not happy for the people who are going to get smacked by it, but 
happy. If well, Louisiana has already Louisiana has been feeling the effects for a long time now. They have. I, I heard a report this morning or yesterday that they had some parts of New Orleans had like two feet of two feet of water. I think uh, what was it? Hey, yeah, there was some place, they're flooding already. Flooded. They're, yeah, they're already flooded. I, I just wow. Terrible. And they're saying the Mississippi River is at an all-time high right now. And it mm. does this periodically. The Mississippi River flows high every once in a while, but it's at an all-time high right now. And when this rains come in here like this, it's oh my gosh. So they're evacuating, getting people out of there, and uh, they had a lady that yeah. was on the news. She says, "I'm leaving." She says, "I stayed during Katrina, and that was the worst idea I ever had. I'm leaving." So yeah. that's what people listen. Is, yeah. And this isn't direct in New Orleans, so it's it's to the west of it, I think, if it's, they're saying it's going to hit. But mm-hmm. that gives the surf swirl into. So, so mm-hmm. good luck to them, man. Uh, best our wishes and safe keepings are with them yeah. uh, over the next week or so before that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of weather, wildfires. Largest burning fire in the West right now is setting at 110,000 acres. And there are currently 24 large fires in the United States burning at the moment. Yes, most of them out West. New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, Utah, Oregon and California had the majority of them. And smoke, and the reason I'm telling this is because I got an article on smoke tank tonight. Smoke is moving up across the uh, northern parts of the western states, but then it misses the, well, the chain of states, north and south Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And then it starts dipping down. And across the Great Lakes into the eastern part of the United States, down as far as, oh, let's see, southern parts of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, uh, to West Virginia and Virginia, it is heavy smoke. Heavy smoke is in the air in those areas there, floating across the United States, which, when this tropical system moves up, it will probably blow that smoke out away, but it is sitting there right now. So if you are in any of those areas and you're smelling smoke it is from the fires out west but smoke and smoke tends uh tends to get into vineyards and i'm going to be talking about that in a little bit that's why i wanted to bring up the the smoke situation out west and well across the country so let's see what else is going on here uh like mike said hope you all had a safe fourth and i have i shared our news from All About Wine last week that also the Philippines and uh, oh boy um, the the Mexican not Mexican, African country that's uh, Rwanda Um, Rwanda, yeah yeah, Philippines and Rwanda were celebrating their Independence Day on the 4th also and everybody was impressed with my knowledge and I told everybody well then if you listen to all about wine you would find that out so uh, 
and they go all about wine. You're talking about, I said, yes, we are a very versatile program. So, uh, let's see. Food for the coming week. Tomorrow, National Pecan Day, or Pecan Pie. Uh, is it Pecan or Pecan? I heard it pronounced both ways. I always say Pecan. Uh, Saturday, National French Fries Day, and Beans and Franks, or Beanie Weenie Day. Get yourself a nice Syrah, which goes fantastic, fantastic with Beanie Weenie. I say that with authority because I've had it. Sunday is Bastille Day, so anything French that you can come up with is always good. French wine with French food. Monday, National Gummy Worm Day and National Tapioca Pudding Day. So, uh, can't think of wines to go with either of those. I'm sure they're out there. Tuesday, Corn Fritter Day, National Corn Fritter Day, and Fresh Spinach Day. So, get stuff out of white wine, uh, a Chenin Blanc, and have yourself some corn fritters. Wednesday, Hot Dog Day. And to follow up with a peach ice cream day is also Wednesday. But hot dog day, all sorts of stuff you can enjoy with hot dogs, all different wines, depending on your hot dog and depending on how you prepare it. Uh, There's a wide, wide variety of them. And then next Thursday, National Caviar Day. And most caviar now is domestic, very very few caviars are well caught because it is actually against the law. Uh, the fish that they're getting them from are endangered, most of them are. So National Caviar Day coming up on next Thursday. You ever had caviar, Mike? No, never tried it. No? Isn't that like a baby eggs or something? What is it? It's some kind of... Fish eggs, yeah. It's baby fish, fish eggs. eggs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope, never tried. Yeah, certain fish, you know, give you different different fish. I had it. I've never had it. And uh, back when I was a wedding photographer, I did a wedding, and uh, oh, it was a big wedding. There was over three hundred guests, and it was held down at the uh, botanical gardens in Sarasota, and they had caviar. That was one of the things they had, and so I had an opportunity to say they had two different types. I was able to taste a black caviar, and they had a, a they called it white. It looked pink, but a, a white caviar. And salty. Caviar was very salty. Uh, for the, the cost of caviar, I suppose, if my palate is improved or prepared for it, but uh, not really, really impressed with caviar. It's... Uh, tend to be salty to me both of them work so so there you go that's our foods for the week get out your wines to pair with them because sometimes what can i drink it well wednesday have a hot dog you can pair it with that or any number of things so there we go on that let's see what else we get to talk oh uh, i said uh i brought up smoke because i had talking about smoke tank, but before I get into the smoke, I get a few winery announcements here. Waltz Vineyards, uh, W-A-L-T-Z, Waltz Vineyards, located in, uh, geez, I don't know, someplace out there in the world. Uh, 
why can't I find it on this website here? Well, that's ridiculous. I don't have a website. 717 Lost Vineyards. I don't know. Lost Vineyards coming up. They have... Uh, that's the one in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania, yeah. I was, I was thinking yeah. New York. Uh-huh. I knew it was in New York. Pennsylvania, you're right. Uh, one in Pennsylvania. Uh, they have... Uh, the 65th anniversary celebration, 65th anniversary celebration coming up on August the 1st and the 3rd. Uh, on uh, the 10th, they have Rotary Craft Show. Uh, the 13th of September, and every second Friday, they have what they call Second Friday, which is a. Uh, uh, let's see if I can find out more about Second Friday. No, I can't because it's not on this. Uh, but a thing called Second Friday, which they celebrate. I think they have um, music and uh, different things going on. And a September tailgate festival is on the 20th and 21st. Craft Beer Festival at the winery. Walls Winery on the September 22nd. New location. Uh, they're moving their shop to Main Street. Uh, uh, oh, the moving shop. That is on Main Street to 48 Broad Street. They'll be relocating as part of the market at the Wilbur, which is connected to a new hotel and restaurant at the Wilbur Lititz, L-I-T-I-T-Z. Boutique food market. And uh, let's see, it has six local businesses in with it. And they will have the winery there scheduled for early August. So stay tuned for that. So they'll have a new friendlier location. And they're getting close to launching the whole new line of wines and all sorts of stuff. So they are, if you are in Pennsylvania, uh, Waltz Winery, you can contact Kim, K-I-M, at waltzvineyards.com and find out what everything is going on there. And then we've got Castle Ridge. They are in Iowa. They have their summer of fun stuff going on. They always pack it all into the summer as much as they can. They're located in uh, southeast Iowa, uh, southeast of Des Moines, actually. And they have uh, lunch daily uh, specials, 11 to 4, Monday through Saturday, and 12 to 4 on Sunday. And then the Wine and Taco Thursday coming up. And wine. And can you hear me better now? I'm probably the microphone was up a little bit too high. I probably put it where it should be. Probably hear me. Yeah, better. I hear you fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Saturday the 13th is Saturday's Wine and Slider Saturday. You know the hamburger slider. Thursday the 18th Wine and Casual Asian Plates. All sorts of things that they do. Uh, Thursday, 25th, wine and Italian night. Friday, the 26th, wine and burger night. So a bunch of stuff coming up for Castle Ridge Winery located in Iowa. they got a lot of neat wines, a lot of neat stuff. And they got stuff going on all the time. You can get a hold of them. Info, I-N-F-O, at Castle Ridge, at T-A-S-S-E-L-R-I-D-G-E.com, CastleRidge.com. And there's... Uh, so if you're in southeastern Iowa, it is well worth a visit there. And then Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace Vineyard is 
I think this is the one that's in New York. Yes, this is the one I was thinking in New York. Chazy, New York. C-H-A-Z-Y. Chazy, Chazy. They uh, are doing all sorts of stuff there all the time. It's a, a great little winery. Until Saturday the 13th, which is coming Saturday, they're doing a uh, golden ticket. And it's, uh, what is it, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka Jr. Golden Ticket, uh, $10 admission and uh, at the winery. And it's just the food and uh, regional vendors and all sorts of stuff going on. So that's coming up on actually this Saturday, the, the 13th at 6 o'clock at the Pavilion for Andrea Adroniak Regional Theaters. So, uh, Check that out, and they've got wine for that and everything else. So those are some things coming up at wineries. If you are a winery, if you know someone who has a winery who would like to be talked about, have them get in touch with me, and I'll put them on my uh, my my email list. I'll have them come in on my uh, site, and so I can get information pop up on them every week. So. That would be the best way to do it. Okay. Now, I said I was going to talk about, and I know it's here. Let me find it because I think I might have moved it around a little bit. And let me see if I can find it. I think it's this one here. Yes, this one. Smoke in the vineyard. This is talking about how California growers are, their strategies for protecting vineyards, uh, for protecting the vineyards from smoke and from possibilities of smoke. Wildfires in California have been deadly and destructive for the last couple of years, which has been something that uh, is serious problem. It's increased intensity and and their frequency. And the winemaking industry is really starting to become concerned. It is a a major problem. If the vines are destroyed by fire, years of production will be lost. If the building happens to burn or anything, then you're starting from zero on this. It's widely believed that vineyards provide a natural fire break and because they're pumped with water and you know, they're green and all that. But that is not true. And I, I heard for years and years that the vineyards will stop a fire. They'll just burn so far and stop. But fires burned through 162,000 acres in Napa and Sonoma counties in 2017. They destroyed more than 5,000 homes, but just a small amount of vineyard areas. But some wineries completely burned down. We all know about the Signorello Estate in Napa that burned in Stag Leaps District. Uh, After the winery, though, 45 acres of their vines were not touched. They, the fires skipped that. And they believe that 
uh, wineries uh, calls a natural fire break until 1996 when a fire in Sonoma Valley destroyed 122 acres of vineyards. And then in 2017, uh, there was fires that were burned in uh, the big fires in Sonoma again that destroyed a lot of vineyards, smaller ones that you don't hear about. They just went right through it. When you get something that's hot enough, I don't care what it is, the heat is going to cause damage and can burn it up. And the fires and the intensity of the fires that are going through now is what's causing this. Uh, Even if it doesn't catch on fire, uh, the heat alone can cause the vineyard to to collapse, uh, just crumble. And that's obviously going to destroy it there. You've got a lot of things within the vineyards, too, that can cause problems. Uh, The unmowed grass between the rows, uh, plastic drip irrigation systems um, also are are a big problem because those things catch on fire and burn. It's just a little torch underneath the vineyard lines, vines. Uh, And uh, this... uh, one insurance agent says that the majority of the damage that he's seen during the fires in vineyards is from the drip hose, which ignites the plants. Um, it goes off like wicks, is the little drip hoses that go through the vine. Uh, once it starts smoldering and burning, the hoses start to melt against the trunk of the vine and kill the plant. So you don't have to burn up the, vin- or the uh, vine itself but just the heat and the dripping from the hot plastic hoses is enough to destroy the vine. And when a fire is coming, cutting back canopy might be one of the better ways to take care of it and protect it from a fire. And they're saying the biggest key to protecting the vineyard is the creation of a defensible space uh, the process includes mowing any grass, clearing out the brush, removing branches, and just basically getting it cleared out as much as you possibly can so it doesn't affect the grapevines themselves. Uh, the killing between the rows helps getting all that out of there. And just a, a constant work if it is going to be fire season, who knows if it is or not, but it's just good practice to take care of it. And it's becoming even more critical now. Uh, The uh, small trees and branches and everything up to 10 feet have been cleaned out around the vineyard. And a basic fire break is what you're looking at there. Uh, An alternative method is using stone walls. There's a couple of vineyards that have stone walls around it, which tends to help some because you're not getting the fuel and the fire burning along the ground. But so often you hear about the sparks flying from trees that are landing in the vineyard, which obviously causes problems. But the the stone walls do help a lot. And in the biodynamic vineyards now where they have the sheep in there, they are keeping it cleaned out and keeping it down. So there's quite a few methods and quite a few bit of effort 
going into vineyards now to try to keep them safe from fire damage, and actual fire damage. But that's not the only problem with fires. Smoke taint, that is another problem. And we've talked about smoke taint quite a bit, but uh, the smoke taint gets in fires. First the fire, then comes the wine. All right? But you don't know what's going to happen until you taste wine. When the fire and wine come, the blaze, like back in the Australian bush, are the ones that climb the Pacific Northwest Forest and devour homes and And they fill the skies with smoke. There's a problem for wine, which is smoke taint. And it's the the fire season is really cranking out. It starts in January in Chile, and it works its way basically up through vineyards as the season progresses. Fires that have been headlines recently is more intense than ever. And smoke taint starts when a volatile when volatile phenols that are present in wildfire smoke are absorbed into the grape skins and vine leaves. These phenols are transformed within the plant and bind with the sugar molecules to form what are known as phenolic glycosides. Okay, a little bit, you know, but simple thing. Each volatile Phenol can then form up to seven non-volatile precursor compounds, including leucocol, four methylglycocol that can be hydrolyzed during fermentation. This releases the phenol portion. Release enough of these phenol portions, and the result can be a wine with smoke taint. So there's your technical aspect of how smoke affects the wine. Now, you know, let me go through that one more time just because it's, it's really pretty simple to understand. Well, let me go through it one more time because it gets confusing the first time, but each time you understand it, it's a little bit easier. Smoke taint starts when volatile phenols, P-H-E-N-O-L-S, phenols, that are present in wildfire smoke so they're, they're there every time. These are absorbed into grape skin and into vine leaves. So it puts it into the plant through the vine leaves. And so it continues to feed into the grapes that are being made. These phenols are transformed within the plant. And then they bind with the sugar molecules. This forms what is known as phenolic glycosides. That's G-L-Y-C-O-S-I-D-E-S, glycosides. Each volatile phenol can then form up to seven non-volatile precursor compounds, including uh, glucol, I think that's how it's pronounced, G-U-A-I-A-C-O-L, and another one called four, the number four, methaglucol. 
these can be hydrolyzed during fermentation. Hydrolyzed, giving them moisture during fermentation. This released the phenol portion. The release of these can then result can be a wine with smoke taint. Okay, pretty simple process. But, but the problem with this pretty simple process is there no way that you can tell until you taste the wine. There's, there's now I've read in the past and over some previous shows that they are starting to come up with different tests that can detect smoke taint before the wine is bottled. And if that's the case, that's wonderful. It's going to save grief, but there's no way to stop it. So I have this 500-gallon tank here full of my precious Cabernet Sauvignon that I have been nurturing and growing and fermenting, and uh, does it have smoke taint? So I take a sample out and send it in, and the lab says, yes, you have smoke taint in that. Well, then what do I do? I, I don't know if you can filter it out. You probably can because you can filter a lot of stuff out with a tight enough filter. But then as you start filtering something that tight, you're going to start losing qualities of the wine, flavors and different things of it. So it creates a catch-22 there. Do I go out with smoke tanning or do I discover and find out? To continue, some 200 chemical compounds are released in a fire. And what gets released in a softwood forest versus a hardwood forest versus an Australian brush fire may be different. Well, not all fires worry winemakers. Uh, in eastern Washington, uh, smoke from forest fires don't usually reach the vineyards, and they may be too thick and too dense to have any impact. Whereas grass fires that border vineyard rows may pose the greatest concern for the vineyards. The fires that raged in California in 2016 sent smoke that could be seen and smelled in vineyards 200, or 20 miles away. And you can actually smell it further than that. If anyone's ever lived here in Florida, there's been fires that's been on the east coast and under the west coast, and I can smell them over here. It, it really does. Depends on how the how the wind blows. So, you know, how close do they have to be? Grape vines have to be, you know, grapes have to be to undergo the smoke taint. It's still a matter of we don't know. We're not sure. Uh, if Is it carried into the vineyard? Is it the intensity of the smoke? Is it the duration of it? These are all questions which have not been answered. So what is known about uh, is that impact from smoke taint on a vineyard doesn't carry over from one year to the next. So phonelics don't stay in the vine. I told you that gets on the leaves and vine. And... Uh, they, uh, they get on leaves and vine, and okay. so they last for just the one season. They don't continue hanging out in the grapevines for a long period of time. And because of that, then it just grapes are most vulnerable the years that it actually happens. And 
uh, the effects of smoke from Verizon through Harvest is really uh, the problem. So, a lab, ETS Labs, which uh, a great lab, by the way. I, I've used them in the past and stuff, and I still get information from them. ETS Lab has been testing whole berries, uh, not just grapes, but any berries, trying to find out how the smoke affects it. And the compounds are concentrated within the skins using uh, different things. And they pick the grapes at night, and they pick them during the day and every time and do tests on it, and the white grapes and white grapes and everything else. And they're coming up with all sorts of different results and they're finding that certain grapes do have somewhat of a smoky accent anyway. Uh, Syrah, I've heard it described as uh, a little smoky undertones when it's never been anywhere near uh, fire. I've heard that uh, oak barrels, a charred, charred oak barrels that you use for aging tend to serve to camouflage smoke. Then gives you've heard people pick up a wine and smell it and say, "Oh, I, I just detect charcoal or something that covers up the smell of smoke." Um, the oak will do that. So they're finding different ways that smoke taint can be masked, if you will. Uh, they're uh, suggesting that wines at risk of smoke taint should be moved quickly. And consumed young. If you have wines that do have smoke taint on them, then don't age them. Uh, drink them while they're young, and that will tend to hide or dissipate the chance of the smoke taint being more pronounced. And let's see. In 2008 and 2016, one Monterey County winery had fires within a quarter mile of the vineyard and raged through a nearby Big Sur wilderness. And it said, we sampled over 100 berries from over 100 plants across all the blocks tested. And they chose the cross-section to encompass the whole vineyard and discovered the numbers were so high they did not continue testing. And it says, imagine the numbers had been anywhere near acceptable levels, they would have resampled on a variety of basis. But the smoke was so high in it that they decided to discontinue testing and not use their vineyard that particular year and to, uh, let's see if that's one, not use their vineyard that particular year and get grapes from other areas. So, if you know what's coming up, if you know what's happening on it, then you can discover and check your grace from smoke taint. But even now, the understanding of smoke taint is just beginning. It's only been the last 15 years or so since, uh, actually since a bushfire swept across Australia in the early 2000s that growers and winemakers have been studying it to any serious Amount. Other previously, it's just been a hit and miss. Oh no, this is smoke paint. Let it go. They've learned that smoke exposure affects only grapes in a single vintage, and that the paint can, but doesn't always 
reappear later in the bottle. Climate change progresses as more fires burn around the globe, from South Africa to British Columbia to the Western United States. Forest fires are nearly doubled in the last 30 years. So making smoke taint something that has to be dealt with, something that has to be looked at, and something that they're constantly trying to overcome the effects and what it does to wines. So it's serious stuff. I've I've had wines that have had smoke taint on them. Sometimes they don't. You, you say, oh, well, okay, I can handle this. And sometimes you go, oh, well, this is really nasty. So it's just... Uh, it's an uh, ongoing problem, and I hate to say it, but it's probably going to get worse simply because of the fact that the, the uh, climate is causing more intense fires and larger fires, and, well, even now, I mean, if we're talking California now, looking at the smoke going across the country, the thick smoke that's blowing to the east, a lot of vineyards there, a lot of wineries along Pennsylvania, New York, and Ohio, and you know what's called the Midwest now and stuff. Will it affect those? And also, other stuff that may affect grapes. Is there going to be smoke taint problems in those? Which I don't know. I it just I'm throwing out this question. Grape jelly. You grab yourself some Welch's. Uh, Pennsylvania is big on that. You grab yourself some Welch's grape jelly, and. Uh, is the smoke taint that I detect in this? And most people won't know what it is, but they will detect a little bit off, a little bit odd flavor, and not be able to pinpoint it. But you know, there, there it is. That's it's a smoke taint. So we will continue to keep you informed about smoke taint as we go on and as the fires continue to. Explode around the around the world, actually. Uh, I've mentioned a wine quite often, your Birch Terminer, and it's uh, I, I love a Birch Terminer. This is spelled G E W U, and it's got the two little dots above the U, like in the German dots. G E W U R Z. T-R-A-M-I-N-E-R. Pronounced Gewürztraminer. The W is sort of a B sound. Now, the word Gewürz means spice. And Traminer is actually the name of a grape. You can still find Traminer grapes uh, around. Uh, but a Gewürztraminer is, is a spicy grape for a simple definition of it. If you like Thai food, Indian, Arabic, uh, even Mexican, any of these spice-driven foods around the world, cuisines, then you really should have a bottle of Gewurz Terminer on the table. They are reasonably priced, 16 to $22 on average. There's lots of them out there. There's 35,000 acres or so of Gewurz Terminer in the world, uh, which is quite a bit, but not, I mean, Chardonnay, and Chardonnay is the most widely planted grape 
in the world. Now, well, I shouldn't say that because that's not true. Chardonnay is planted quite a bit, but it's not the widely planted. There are half a million acres of Chardonnay in the world. But your Verstermeer comes from different regions of the world and all that. Let me give you a little little tutorial on Gewürztraminer here. Okay, Washington State. A uh, little over 800 acres there from the Yakima Valley. California. Uh, 1,600 acres. Monterey, Mendocino, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara. Notice no, no vineyards in Napa Valley because of the expensive land, they're not going to plant to reverse there. France, 7,800 acres, and it's just Alsace is the most common area you'll find that. Italy, 3,500 acres, and the Alto Adige and Trento, and Moldavia, 6,750 acres. So, reverse is spread out in a few places around the world. Those are the most acreages you can find in other areas. To give you a, a little what you're looking for in Gewurz, okay? You're going to have a lot of fruit. It will just, this is boom, it is fruit. It's going to have a pretty decent body and sweetness. It doesn't have to be sweet, though. You can get dry Gewurz, but Gewurz has a a spicy sweetness to it that's, that's really good. The acidity is reasonably low. If you're looking for a white wine with low acidity, Gewurz demeanor is really, really nice for that. And alcohol is usually mid to high on the, on the uh, Gewurz, so uh, ABV. France, the Alsace region, you uh, stalls are usually dry and off dry, uh, thirteen eighteen dollars uh, is pretty common price from that region. You get a very off dry reserve or Grand Cru quality for twenty twenty seven, and then you can spend lots of money. Forty to fifty dollars for an exceptional selection, de Grands Nobel, uh, which is I don't know paying that much to convert. I don't see the reason to because you can find really good ones a lot cheaper. Uh, food pairings, Arabic or Indian foods, um, and then it goes into name a lot of different foods here, which I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to destroy the name for you on that. Um, Vintage notes from the Alsace 2014. Uh, good for Riesling and Pinot Blanc, but Gewurz came out well. 2012, a great year for Gewurz. Stay away from the 2011 and 2010, but 29 is good. Italy. Styles coming out there is usually dry. And you can expect to pay 15 to $25 for a really good dry diverse demeanor. Just dry, lower sugar levels. That's all dry means. Uh, for those of you who are new to wine, sweet and dry. Those are the opposites of each other. It's not dry and wet or anything. Dry just means no sugars. That's all dry means. So when 
I say a wine is dry, that means it's just not sugars in it. Just a little review for those of you who know, and for those of you who don't, now you know. 2014, excellent year of Gewurz and Pinot Grigio out of Italy, and also 13, 12, 11, and 10. Italy put out some great Gewurz all those years, so you can pick up any of them. California, Monterey, Mendocino, Sonoma, dry and sweet, 10 to $18. You can get yourself great diverse demeanors. Um, the diverse from Monterey, Mendocino, Sonoma are usually a little bit cooler climate, and so it really makes for some great diverse demeanors. Uh, this little thing here says, tastes like Florida grapefruit with a touch of dry, hard cider. Um, and it... Uh, all spice and ginger aromas to it. Pair it with firm cheese, uh, sheep's, sheep's cheese, honeydew melon salad, uh, the sushi rolls. So a lot of versatility in having the Gewurz demeanor, California Gewurz demeanor. And last is Washington, the Columbia Gorge. And the ancient lakes and Lake Chillin, uh, dried as sweet also, around $17 is all. And you're going to get a good sweet lack of acidity, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't like a lot of acid in my converts, uh, except if I'm having some really spicy foods, some Thai food or... Indian food, then get a little bit drier one with the acids in it to balance that out. But if you're going to have something a little bit lighter and a little bit fruitier, the lack of acid doesn't really bother you. 2012 to 2014 out of Columbia uh, Gorge was uh, good years, but everywhere else in Washington, not so. And then 2011, 2010, great diverse out of Washington. So there's Gewurz demeanor, definitely try it. I Every time I talk about a Gewurz demeanor, I always say the same thing, and I will say it again. Definitely try it. It's well worth the uh, the money that you spend on it. And pair it with foods, and it's good by itself. Pair it with foods, and it's, it's a great wine by itself. All right. Now, let's see. What is this? This is what I... This article I wanted to tell you about. Uh, oh, yeah, quickly. Ten most popular wines in the world. Now, uh, the last study on vineyards worldwide was conducted in 2011 by a team out of the University of Adelaide in Australia. Uh, the world wine information isn't up to date. So, uh, here's a little bit of data from 2011. And they're still working on the new survey. As soon as it comes available, I will let you know. But this is this is from 2011, and I'm just I'm telling you about this just to let you know what's happening. First one, Cabernet Sauvignon, a French origin found in Bordeaux that is related to both Merlot and Cabernet Franc. 700. 13,592 acres of Cabernet Sauvignon plants around the world. 
Red French origin grape was made famous by the Bordeaux wines. You can find it everywhere in the world, including places like Lebanon and China. Second, Merlot. This is the other Bordeaux. Uh, in high uh, quality, and it blends well with so many other grapes. Worldwide, 660,302 acres planted, and it is uh, age-worthy wine, although Cabernet Sauvignon usually overshadows it because they're, well, they're both reds. Merlot is known for its cherry fruit flavors and nice tannin textures. Next one is one you may not have heard of, Arion. Okay, this white grape found in the high central plains of Spain in the past, it was overcropped and thus can't uh, isn't known for its quality. Too bad. Never heard of it though myself. Arian A I R E N. Six hundred twenty three thousand six hundred four acres planted worldwide. A white wine, one of the least known of the prolific wine grapes of the world, mostly grown in the Castilla-La Mancha region of Spain, where it spread far apart to survive the arid high plains. So that's first white wine on the list. And the next one is a red again, Tempranillo, Spain's most planted red variety, most known for its age-worthiness. And it uh, has 574,628 acres planted worldwide. Tempranillo is a red, Spain's most planted, highly prized. Wines range in style from a rosé to a red, but it's probably best known for the wines coming out of the Rojo region and the Ribera del Duro. I probably pronounced those wrong. So... I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak any language besides English. And finally, for planting on the list, the next one, after we've already came down through four of them, the fifth one is a Chardonnay. One would almost think that is the most widely planted, but it's not. French origin white wine grape. It has 493,301 acres worldwide. And world's favorite white wine, originally from Burgundy, France, where it was traditionally aged in oak barrels or oak barracks. The oak aging makes Chardonnay one of the boldest styles of white wine in the world. Next one, we go back to a red again, a Syrah, or Syrahs, a French origin red grape that... uh, is now Australia's top variety, 456,734 acres worldwide of the Syrah. And it is originally in Northern Rome and went on to become a classic signature wine of Australia, where it's called Syrahs, where they add a Z to the end of it. Next one is Grenache. This is a Spanish origin grape producing low color but highly flavored red wines. Uh, 
uh, used as a blend quite often. 448,459 acres of that planted worldwide. Quite a few in California, actually. The lighter color with high tone aromas are red and black berries. Uh, what it lacks in tannins, it makes up for with a zingy acidity and higher alcohol. And it blends very well with the Syrah and Monastrell. So used for blending a lot. And whenever you, you see wine coming out of California, that is used as, as a blending wine. And then Sauvignon Blanc made the top ten. Uh, another French origin, known for its green herbal flavors. I always think of grassiness whenever I think of a Sauvignon Blanc. Two thousand seven, uh, two hundred seventy-five thousand six hundred forty-three acres of the Sauvignon Blanc, and the. Sauvignon means savage or wild, which describes the state of the wild white grape vines planted around Bordeaux and the Loire Valley of France. Sauvignon Blanc, Blanc being white, is being recognized as increasingly special, and it is a parent of the Cabernet Sauvignon, one of the parents of Cabernet Sauvignon. And then the next one, Triviano. Actually, Triviano Toscano. Uh, Italian origin grape is mainly used in balsamic vinegar and brandy and cognac. It's also the Ugni Blanc, uh, U-G-N-I, Ugni Blanc, B-L-A-N-C. 273,758 acres of that is planted in the world. And it's a white, uh, this uh, lesser known of the Italian wines. It's uh, cognac. The grape is known as Angry Blanc, and but it's the uh, big, big part of the classic cognacs out of France. And the last Pinot Noir that does make the list. Again, a French origin wine. Uh, lighter body reds with uh, subtle tannins, nice floral flavors on that. 244,000 acres worldwide. And a red wine that's quickly rising in popularity around the world is love for its brilliant red fruit flavors and floral notes. The grape, though, is finicky to grow and tends to prefer cooler climates such as those in Burgundy, France, Oregon, and New Zealand. Among other areas, you can add chili to that too. Um, the uh, all the acreage I just told you all adds up to less than half. Only about twenty-five percent of, or about forty-five percent of the world's total acreage planting in grapes. Six. Million six hundred eleven thousand four hundred and fifty two acres is planted in other varieties. So the top ten doesn't even cover fifty percent. They are big, they're up there, but there are all sorts of other grapes. And that's why I keep telling you don't stick with one type of wine. Give yourself a variety. There's lots of them out there, there's lots of different types out there. 
So go out and seek different ones. Don't always rotate your or navigate, not rotate, navigate. Don't navigate yourself back to just certain wines. Give yourself a chance for some variety there. And that's really for your your own taste buds and for your own treats. So do that. Um, i got a couple more stories here, but I'm going to wait until next week. It'll, we'll give you a tease here uh, on... Uh, couple of things we're going to talk about next week. One thing we're going to talk about is aging wines. Do they get better with age? And how long do you age them if you're going to age them? I'll tell you about aging reds and also aging whites. And yes, you can age white wines. So many people think it's just the reds that are ageable, but there are white ones out there that do get better with age. So next week we will talk about aging red wines and white wines. And if you have a cellar, then uh, you need to have some of these. And if you don't have a cellar and you want to age wines, it does make a difference. You can get yourself little small wine refrigerators for, you know, $100. And that'll hold uh, two or three cases. You can get great big ones. For a number of years, I used an old refrigerator. And I say old refrigerator because the new refrigerators don't get warm enough. You you don't want your temperatures real low. You want your temperatures a little bit higher when you age. And, and some of the older ones will do that. I had an old refrigerator, a whole hot point I had for many, many years. And I used to keep my wine in that. So... But we will talk more about aging wine next week. Interesting. So that's a different temperature or a different environment than just keeping and chilling or, or you know, however you store just a, a wine. That's specifically for aging it, correct? Correct. Correct. Oh. Now, a lot of times your aging will. You, your aging will give you wines at the temperature that you want to drink them. And, but if you, a little bit colder the wine, the little bit longer it's going to age. The warmer the wine, the the faster it's going to age. That's why, you know, the recommendations that they set out. The, when I age my wines, I always set my devices at a cooler temperature because I want to slow down the aging process. But. We'll cover that next week for sure. Well, yeah, we'll get into aging wines, and we'll talk about which ones you can age and what it's going to do to them when you age them, too. I mean, it, so we'll, we'll talk about aging of wines next week. Very good. Um, okay. We will, uh, I guess we can close it out the show for this week for uh, July 11th. <laughs> July. And, July 11th. Uh, yeah. I know. We're almost done oh with this. What? Just a few more months and we're Happy. done for the year. Yeah. Happy, um, <laughs> Happy July. Summer. Well, you know, uh, let's see. The what? Or <laughs> you know, we're going to start Christmas shopping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, might as well start now. Gee, uh, yeah. Next week will, will be uh, July 18th. 
Um, so join us uh, next Thursday at 7 p.m. or in the archives. You can tune it, tune it in uh, whenever you want to. Take it with you and download the episode or listen to uh, any other means you can um, any at any time. So uh, you can do that as well. Uh, but our next live show will be next Thursday, July 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in and uh, be safe and um, as always, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks again. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you people for checking out us too. And I noticed a lot of people have been checking out the programs on archives. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. And uh, again, like Mike said, be safe and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Uh, it should start. <laughs> should. There we This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine.